0: You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. I'm delighted to welcome two very accomplished dairy producers to our Dairy Voice episode today. Lloyd Holterman is well-known as the innovative managing partner at Rosie Lane Holstein's near Watertown, Wisconsin. Bill Peck carries on the family tradition of cutting-edge genetics and top dairy management at Welcome Stock Farm in Scarlettville, New York. Both men are with us as members of the Producer Advisory Committee of the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding, or CDCB, as we refer to it. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Thanks well, for, thanks having, for us. having us, Joel. Why don't we start by having each of you give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of your, of your dairy operation, uh, just a little bit of an overview. Uh, Lloyd, you've got seniority on the committee, so why don't you start?
1: Okay. Uh, I'm Lloyd Holterman from Rosie Lane Holsteins, uh, 1100 Cow Dairy in Watertown, Wisconsin. Um, our program focuses on cheese yield because that's uh, how all milk is priced in Wisconsin is on. On the cheese yield, um, we also do a full crapping operation and provide some management services for other dairies. Bill, tell
0: us a little bit about uh, your situation at Welcome Stock Farm.
2: Yeah, I'm a sixth-generation dairy farmer here at Welcome Stock Farm. Uh, first originated in 1836 at this location, and so carrying on the family tradition, as Joel said, uh, we milk uh, my brother and I, Neil, milk a thousand cows. Um, We uh, crop about 2,100 acres, and so we're a commercial milk operation who then also does uh, genetics and marketing bulls, embryos, females, and and the like around the world.
0: With your registered holsteins?
2: With the registered holsteins, yes.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Well, breeding is our topic today, so with that in mind, Why don't you zero in, uh, Lloyd, and we'll start with you first on the kind of cow you're breeding for. You mentioned the cheese yield, but tell us more of what what sort of cow are you after? Uh, What what would we see in your herd today, and what will we see uh, with your next calf crop?
1: Well, we envision a black and white jersey with twice the yield. Um, That's our tagline, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, What we're trying to do is we're trying to breed a very um, efficient, moderate-sized cow, uh, that calves on her own, breeds right back, resists all diseases, especially mastitis. And um, if we can do that, we're, we're, we will achieve more longevity. Uh, we found that our, our highest producing cows are fifth lactation. So our goal is to get a higher percentage of the herd to make it to fifth lactation. That's not an easy task because cows must uh, do all the things I just previously mentioned. So we also want high production, but we are going about trying to get high production through milking more mature cows. So uh, net merit has been a very uh, integral part of that journey in that um, it's helped us achieve these goals, especially on the longevity, the productive life, and the fertility, and moderating the size of our cows and making them somewhat uh, smaller in, in size and weight.
0: And what would your... Uh, desirable average cow how tall would she be uh, and and what sort of weight would she have Uh,
1: probably a mature cow at 56 inches and about 1600 pounds so strength but not necessarily height correct yes we don't um, we find problems with cows that are too narrow and and frail and um, so we try to breed for
0: more strength and width and substance of bone. Sure. Uh, Bill, tell us about uh, what your herd is like and what sort of cow you're after.
2: Yeah, so similar to Lloyd, you know, um, my father used to always say that we really haven't changed what our goal is. We want cows that are wide in the muzzle, wide in the chest and, uh, and wide at the, at the pin bone. So give a good wide rear rudder, walking on a really sound set of feet and legs. And, um, you know, we want a medium stature cow. That's been a problem over time here in our industry and in our breed. And so um, maybe they're a little bigger than, than we would prefer. Uh, but we want a medium-sized cow that's strong, that's good, that's really got well-attached, fore and rear udders, high and wide, and, and really walks on a, a sound set of feet and legs. So that's the desired goal. And uh, we found those make the, the best in our freestyle operation. I think as Lloyd said over time, uh, you know, one of the troubles we've run into is, is the Holstein cow getting too tall. And we're trying to, um, we, we in the industry have been trying to moderate that, but to, to some degree, but probably not well enough. So we've got to continue to work on that. We, I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't use um, Lloyd's tagline there because, uh, you know, I, I would still want the Holstein cow. I think the Holstein cow is the most efficient Uh, cow uh, with a little more size and substance than the Jersey, but nothing, I I do enjoy the Jersey breed, but uh, we're in the Holstein business. So a little more size, a little more substance. And we're really, uh, you know, our pricing of milk is on pounds of fat and pounds of protein. So that's what we're really striving for. And particularly in this era of cooperative quota systems, we are are under a uh, milk quota in our cooperative uh, currently, and and uh, actually it was pre-COVID came into effect, and then, then went further uh, under the uh, market disruption in, during COVID. But so we would rather rather ship less milk pounds, so water in the milk. We want to really focus on pounds of fat, pounds of protein. So we're also focusing on uh, through feed nutrition and genetics, the component levels of the milk.
0: Well, I love to hear both of you talk about, uh, so articulately talk about the kind of cows that you're after. Um, but, and with this in mind then, let's for a moment just talk about your involvement with the uh, CDCB and the Producer Advisory Committee. Lloyd, you're a committee chair and you've got a little more seniority. Why don't we start with your impressions?
1: Well, I w- they just uh, started this up where they decided they better uh, get some input from dairymen, um, so they formed a committee of five producers, and it. I think it's been very good. We've had great interaction with the USDA researcher, especially Paul Van Raden and previously also John Cole, among others, and uh, we started out, we had maybe four meetings the first year, but we've gone to trying to have more regular meetings now, uh, but we especially had input on traits like calving ease and feed saved to try to reflect what's happening on the farm and, uh, to put our input in, um, about feed saved, so they could make a decision and about the percentage and the weightings. And I think, uh, it came out quite nice. Uh, feed saved will be a very important addition. And I, I feel good, uh, knowing how the numbers are calculated in these discussions, because of course, we're not uh, out here being dairymen and trying to run breeding programs. We don't necessarily understand the statistical calculations and they can be very confusing. But Paul, Van Raden and Zhao did a very nice job of uh, explaining to us in layman's terms. Sure. uh, What the goal was,
0: (laughs) how we're going to get it. João Durr, who's the CEO, uh, the CDCB is made up of, uh, the segments of the industry, uh, AI, DHI, uh, the breed associations and the, uh, DHI processing centers and, uh, technical people serve on that board representatives of each of those sectors. Uh, but you guys as producers, uh, have some real input, Bill, you're, you, you're more recently tapped to join that group. Uh, what, what's your impression and, and, uh. How did, how did you get involved?
2: Yeah, I, I just got appointed to the uh, producer advisory committee this past spring. And I, I wanna give great credit and uh, applaud Lloyd and his leadership in that committee because uh, they worked their way through the net merit formula changes. And, and as he said, I think I think they did an outstanding job. Uh, um, so I wanna give Lloyd great credit uh, in, in working with the, with the board of directors there uh, in these changes. The folks there are very talented. Let me start with that. Uh, with, with when USDA switched over to a uh, to the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding to kind of oversee our our genetics and research going forward, you know, that's, a lot of the top talent uh, went with them. And uh, as Lloyd pointed out, Paul Van Raden, I've had uh, dealings with, interactions with on past committees over the years, and uh, is just truly uh, an amazing. Uh, gentlemen, when it comes to mining the data, reviewing the data, and calculating statistically the changes. So I give these folks a great applaud. And really, you just got to look back over the last 50 years, the improvements in the breed, the improvements in the Holstein cow, as far as uh, pounds of milk produced, uh, pounds of fat and protein, confirmation, uh, the productive life, longevity, DPR, all these important factors that help the dairy farmer be more economically uh, viable. So my first impressions are, you know, I I just am awed when I when I listen to the discussion. I think there's fantastic people on the committee, and hopefully I have something positive to offer. And um, but I but I really look forward moving forward. Uh, we've had a couple of meetings so far, and and they've been outstanding. You know, I want to I want to point out because. There's been a lot of discussion in the industry. You know, feed saved um, is a great uh, indicator moving forward, but it but it's one trait in the net merit formula. You know, so so there was some some concern uh, by various people and whether the data is enough there. But I want to I want to to give confidence to the dairymen out there that this is just one trait in a multi trait formula. And and it's starting off small because everyone realizes the research that's being done is very expensive. Research uh, is uh, on six or seven thousand cows in um, in settings where they can actually do this type of research to to look at intakes and and reductions uh, on an individual basis. So uh, going back to your original question, uh, Joel, you know Lloyd chairs the committee. Lloyd uh, obviously is a, a great dairyman and. And uh, he's a great choice to lead this producer advisory committee. Hi, I'm Tim Hammerich. Looking for your next podcast? Check out the Fresh Cow Files from Zoetis, where we'll discuss
1: hot industry topics, including antibiotic stewardship, employee training, transition cow periods, and more. The more you train employees, the better they're at making decisions for the well being of animals. So if you're ready for some eye-opening insights, I sincerely hope you'll join us on the Fresh Cow Files, available wherever you listen to podcasts. While we're
0: at it, why don't you name your other committee members?
1: Uh, The first uh, gentleman is Kent Butters, B-U-T-T-A-R-S, and it's Kent, K-E-N-T. He's from Utah.
0: We just did a podcast with him that'll be posted shortly, so... For sure and he's a he's a a, a great dairyman and a, and a great guy
1: yeah and then bill and then uh mike santos jr and i know he's been on podcast i'm not sure if you've had him as a guest uh focuses on very high production a large herd in california i believe it's a
0: large herd it is to, well, Tara Linda teralinda teralinda holstein's at turlock yeah. not yes. not huge but uh you know 1200 yeah. cows or so
1: yeah he uh has a real nice hurt. And then Sean Talinar. uh It's S-E-A-N Tolanar, T-O-L-L-E-N A-A-R. Also from California. Yes, also from California. We uh, have a real nice group with uh, the same goals and little different perspectives on how to get there sometimes, and so it makes for a lively discussion. I think we can really move forward uh,
0: some more at a even more rapid pace. Now, with this August genetic evaluations in mind, which will already have come out by the time we post this uh, conversation, uh, CDCB is introducing an updated version of the net merit index, which you've both have just referred to, including some important new traits like feed saved, early first calving, and heifer livability. Uh, from each of your perspectives, both as a committee member and as producers, uh, how do you see this new net merit uh, formula working out? Lloyd? Well, I, I think um, we're, we're pretty much staying
1: on the same track. Net merit is also always, I should say always, selected against uh, size somewhat and uh, rewarded uh, the smaller cows. So the feed saved will be, an enhan- I'm going to call it an enhancement of that I don't think it's going to radically re-rank things. At a 13% weighting, it should not radically re-rank um, the animals in the population. There will be some, some re-ranking. Heifer livability um, is a very important trait. Uh, when you start raising heifers, it's very expensive, and you want them to finish and have a completion uh, of their heifer, time spent as a heifer into a productive animal in a herd. Early first calving has a relatively small, small weight. So that's probably not going to re-rank too many animals. Um, One of the things I'm excited about, and this kind of gets lost in the woodwork a little bit, but they reworked the weighting on each lactation. So uh, going away from, we still use MEs to determine uh, the plus or minus for pounds of fat and pounds of protein over the population average. But within that, uh, we are now recognizing more weighting on older cows, that they produce more milk than two-year-olds and three-year-olds. So in our own herd, as I stated before, we're finding that our highest production cows in the herd are fifth lactation. So they're over seven years old before they actually mature. Um, this is a problem in the Holstein population and in the dairy population in general, I think, because I believe our average lactations now are 2.6 lactations, not five. And so um, I don't know if we need the average five, but we need to get more cows up to fifth lactation. So I think net merit helps accomplish all those goals. And uh, the new net merit should um, uh, put, put more pressure on the animals that are, uh, I, I, that are going
0: to uh, make more money. And that's what we really need. Sure. Bill, you made some references to the uh, net net formula a moment ago. Tell us a little bit more about your impressions of not just the process that the committee went through, but also uh, the end result and, and how it looks to you as a yeah. dairyman and a breeder.
2: Yeah, I think, I think we got to recall that the, the goal when it was first uh, done is, you know, worked its way from predicted difference dollars back in the early seventies up through the, to the, the, the current term of net merit uh, in 1994. And the idea is the, the target is for maximum life, lifetime profitability. So I think the changes, you know, this is an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. As data becomes available, as more research is done, you find out what makes cows healthier, live longer, more profitable. And I think Lloyd makes a great point. You know, we, we know that the older cows can, uh, the more mature cows produce more milk. So how do we get there? How do we make the the farm more efficient? This all comes back to something I've been speaking on for a few years here is our our carbon footprint. How as dairymen are we reducing our carbon footprint? I often talk about the increased genetics and uh, as a way to do that, we're making more milk um, with less cows. So the, the new traits that were added in this this time in the net merit formula, so I don't, I don't want you to get the impression this is done. This is an ongoing process it's tweaked and the other thing that's going to maybe amaze some people is you know these new traits going but it's also updating the dollar values for various uh, things whether it be milk, fat, protein, um, coal, you know the carcass uh, values of, of colon cows. And so the net merit dollar signs are going to take a a fairly significant jump. I think on average uh, it's going to be close to $200 value just by updating all this information. So that's not going to be affected. The the result isn't going to be because of the new traits. They're just a small part of the entire formula. But I think Lloyd, as they worked with the board, putting in, you know, feed saved, as I mentioned before, previously, uh, much of the uh, data that was was used was really off linear rate, uh, linear forms on uh, on classification now they actually have data that can use you know hard concrete data limited uh, to begin with but it 's continuing to increase but early first calving and heifer livability uh, you know those are those are areas that really affect the bottom line uh, keeping calves and young stock healthy to reach. Reach calving and then gain growth rates so that you can calve them at an earlier age all affect our bottom line as producers. So I think uh, the new net merit formula, um, you know, continues to evolve and takes us in the right direction. I think we need to continue to, um, you know, and I think it's in there uh, to a lesser degree, um, but we need to continue to, to make sure our confirmation is is good and steady uh, we've made such tremendous gains in other quality and utter um, durability over the last 50 years and and some of the other traits we can really through genetics we can really change the direction of cattle we've seen it we've done it and uh and the new net merit formula keeps us going in the right path to a more profitable cow with a smaller carbon footprint which is going to be the end goal of everybody uh, that's listening here is to make your dairy um, more profitable all the time. Now, I never believe that my way is the only way, because as I tell young people in the industry, you know, as you drive down the road, don't judge the farm by uh, the drive-by, because there's a lot of different ways to make money, and there's a lot of ways that people can can uh, succeed in the dairy business. But I think uh, the net merit formula helps to take that, that – uh, commercial dairymen, uh, like Lord and myself, and, and make a better cow to, uh, to, to increase the productive life, DPR, longevity, and more production out of that cow. So, so all those things, I think this is a, a, a great step along the way.
0: Well, it sounds like the committee is fortunate to have uh, somebody with your commitment to uh, breeding. And we didn't say, Bill, in the introduction, that your herd has produced some of the leading genetics, the top bulls uh, in the breed, uh, past and present. So uh, you, you know wherever you speak in that regard.
2: Well, um, I'll just say that uh, my, my father, William Peck, he was, uh, he was an outstanding cattleman. He was an outstanding cowman, and he, he knew what he liked and what he worked, and he, and he was very good at uh, building the base here. He, he built the base and probably the, the first the first floor and, and as myself and my brother took over, you know, some 30 years ago started our transition in, into the business, you know, we've just tried to take it uh, to the next level. The, the, the dairy genetics business, I believe uh, is a breeder business. You know with the onset of genomics and the onset of the AI organizations having their own female lines, uh, has made it difficult and has driven many of the breeders out of out of the business from that side of standpoint, which is from my perspective not a very good thing uh, long term but but here we are, and we continue to to um, to try and breed bulls for the ai organizations and uh and for the farmers and dairymen in general
0: sure. Well, you've both referred to the fact that the uh, whether it's a net merit calculation or some of the other uh, traits that are tracked, uh, it's a it's an ongoing process. Uh, Lloyd, as you look down the road, and I'll ask you this too, Bill: uh, research continues. Where where do you think we're headed? What what's what's on the horizon? What are you being uh, What are you looking at as committee members? And then what what is your own uh, your own thoughts about where we're headed with dairy cow breeding?
1: Well, I think we're really headed toward a more workable uh, cow that can fit into any commercial herd in the U.S. And, and uh, a more moderate-sized cow, uh, keeping the outstanding improvements we've made in type, especially udders. Um, if we can breed cows that resist lameness, resist mastitis, breed back, and Uh, produce a lot of milk, and resist mastitis, we're going to have cows that make more money, reduce carbon footprint, are easier to manage, and uh, it's just better all the way around. And I think now with adding uh, some of these traits, and even at a small degree, uh, it's a big step toward achieving these goals. So I think in the future, um, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely... Uh, making progress, and we will accelerate that progress. We're expected to, it sounds like a low number, make a 1% improvement in feed efficiency per year. But remember, that's cumulative, and if we get the right females that we're choosing from, and if we can have cows eat less and improve in pounds of fat and pounds of protein produced, we're really uh, actually going to make... Very fast progress, and I would assume that five years from now we will not have made just five point five percent or whatever it uh, comes out to, but we're we're probably going to make ten uh, percent progress uh, in a couple generations.
0: Well, that sounds exciting, and I hope that we have a chance in the future to talk about more of your own cap, your own interests and your own accomplishments uh, as as dairy breeders. Uh, And your own breeding philosophies uh, that you can share with the folks, but our our time is uh, is limited today to uh, our net merit and CDCB topics. Uh, Lloyd and Bill, I really appreciate you sharing your insights and your experience with us. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you for having us. It's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you, Joel. We've been speaking with Lloyd Holterman and Bill Peck today, members of the CDCB Producer Advisory Committee. We thank them once again for being with us. This is your host, Joel Hastings, for the Dairy Voice podcast, which can be found wherever you get your podcasts and at dairybusiness.com.